0: We're glad that all of you are here tonight. And uh, I did have some things stirring around in my heart about tonight about um, watching. And you know that we are called to be watchmen in the realm of the Spirit. Of course, we know that it's midterm elections coming up on Tuesday. There's all these different organizations. I think there's even one called Watch Dogs. And, you know, they're looking for this and that. And, and that's important, of course, that, that we do vote. Our vote does matter. But it's more important that we pray. Both are important. I'm not saying don't vote. Pastor Nancy, when we were praying on Wednesday, she kept saying, your, uh, vote is your voice. So if you want your voice to be heard, go out and vote. Amen. God gave us this wonderful land and the opportunity to exercise our privilege of voting. So I'm not saying that, but I am saying that our prayers do make a difference in Our nation and in our life. God has given us the position of authority and He has given us the privilege of watching over our domain. Our domain is an area that we have dominion in. That would have to do with your family here in local church and in our nation because we live here. We have a voice, we have a say about what goes on in our nation. And I can tell you're thrilled about that, but hey. You're here, so get your ears on, get your hearts open. I know that the Word of God's going to speak to us because we're going to talk. We're going to give you a lot of scriptures. And at the end of the service, just for a few minutes, we're going to lift our voice in prayer for our nation. Amen? So Isaiah chapter 62, verse 6, it says this, I have set watchmen on your walls. Of course, this is talking about Jerusalem, but it can pertain to us. O Jerusalem, they shall never hold their peace, day or night. You who make mention of the Lord, do not keep silent. So we are called to be watchmen on our walls, over our dominion, over our nation, our city, our neighborhoods. And what does a watchman mean? Well, you know, a watchman is simply someone that is hired to guard a building... Or property against thieves, vandals, or trespassers. Someone that is hired to guard a building or to guard property against those that want to break in and do harm. Against thieves, or vandals, or trespassers. Well, you and I, we're not hired in the kingdom of God, but we are enlisted in the Lord's army. How many of you can say, I am part of the body of Christ. I am part of the army of the Lord. I am a servant of the most high God. And he has called us all to to be in a position of being on call. We've got a duty. We have a privilege and an opportunity to use our voice and to use our authority. CIA, I don't know if anybody's in that group. There is no CIA. All righty. Kimberly, we got the out sign, out. They're not safe. Don't go. Please stay. Anyway, they're on any <laughs> So Anyway, so, so the way, one of the main ways that we are watchmen is we do it with prayer. Do you know that Jesus, he told his disciples many things But one of the things that he emphasized was prayer. Over in Mark chapter 14, verse 37. Turn over there with me, please. This was his instructions to his disciples. And he said, he came unto them, of course, and then he came and he found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, Simon, are you sleeping? Could you not watch one hour and then the next verse? What did he say? Read it with me. Watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Has anyone else ever been there? When you get up, maybe early in the morning, you say, okay, I'm going to watch and pray for an hour. Lord, I'm going to give this time to you. And 15 minutes later, woke. Sorry, Lord, let me start over again. So we know that our flesh can be, per- can be pretty weak when it comes to doing what we have in our heart to do. But Jesus was emphasizing here that it is important to watch in the spirit and it is important to pray, to be alert, to keep ourselves from falling prey. To the enemy's traps isn't that what he said in the previous verse he's telling them watch and pray that in that verse that you do not enter in to temptation when we are awake and we are alert spiritually and we are watching in the realm of the spirit the attacks of the enemy many times they're not going to take us unaware and off guard because we're going to be alerted in our heart something's happening something's coming and we're going to know to take authority over it in the realm of the spirit that's why he was telling him don't be asleep when you ought to be awake spiritually be awake be alert so you can know what is going on around you and you can know what's going on in your life. And it's not just all going to be knowing out here in the natural. It will be a knowing on the inside of us. We all know that we're going to fall asleep. in the, Our body's going to fall asleep, but it's not a good thing to fall asleep spiritually. Be awake spiritually. So as I was thinking about this, Watchmen Watching in prayer. I just begin to think about the word watch. And I don't have time to go in a lot of in-depth in all of these letters. But this acrostic came to me about the word watch. So I'm going to just highlight a few things. And you can make up your own. Not Make up your own. According to the Word of God, you can find scriptures maybe that apply to your life. So the first letter in the word watch is what? W. So the thing that came to me about if we are going to be effective watchmen, W, is our words. We have to watch our words. Doesn't the Bible say that we can be snared by the words of our mouth? Or what we say out of our mouth is important. How did we get born again? You know a lot of people want to say, well, words aren't that important. You can say negative words. You can say all this. It doesn't matter. Well, how did you get born again? I'm glad you asked. Romans 10. Just very simple here. Romans 10, 8, 9, and 10. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. Then he goes on in the next verse and he says, That if thou shalt confess with thy what? Romans 10, 9. That if thou wilt confess with thy mouth. The Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead. What's going to happen? You shall be saved. So, are words important in getting born again? You can't just believe it in your heart. People, a lot of people say, I believe that there is a God. That's wonderful, but the devils even believe. What else? We believe it in our heart and we confess it with our mouth. So words, if they're so vital to us getting born again, aren't they going to be important in us living in victory? Aren't they going to be important, important in charting the very course of our life? Aren't words going to be significant in how we pray, what we say in our prayer time? Words are powerful. Words are containers. There's a scripture over in Revelation chapter 1 6 that it tells us that kings and priests, God hath made us. We're kings, we're priests. In the natural, a king means a position of authority. That's why the word says he's made us kings. He's made us priests. What's he saying? I have given you authority. You are a royal priesthood. You are royalty in the kingdom of God. And you have power. You have authority. What you say should go. There's a scripture in Ecclesiastes 8-4 that will back this up. It says this, Ecclesiastes 8.4. I want you to look at this one. Where the word of a king is, there's what? Power. Say it with me. Where the word of a king is, there is what? Power. Now say it like this. Where my words are, my words are. There, is there is power. Because I've been made a king, a king. in the kingdom of God. So we need to look at it as our words carry power. And there is authority in our words when they line up with the Word. The Word of God is quick, sharp, and powerful. And you and I get to declare it. We get to speak it. Amen? So the letter (laughs) W... In watch stands for words spoken out of our mouth. (coughs) Excuse me, it was that singing, I think. (coughs) (coughs) You're supposed to be encouraging. (coughs) Yeah, watch your word, be encouraging. Now, the letter A, moving right along here. (laughs) Serious word we got going here. We need a little humor. The word A, this is what came up in my heart about A. Actions. Actions. Watchman is an active position. Someone hired to protect property or a, or a, a place. So that means... If you are a watchman in the natural, you don't want a watchman that's out there falling asleep. If if he's supposed to be keeping a property safe, supposed to be keeping things out, you don't want somebody that's just snoozing away and they're out there graffitiing the building and doing everything and he's unaware. No, a watchman means action, means awake, means alert. Well, is prayer an action? Does releasing our faith require us to do something? Doesn't James 1.22 say that we're not just to be hearers of the word? What else are we supposed to do? doers not just hearers, but doers it's easy in an atmosphere like this i love i love i love your presence oh jesus i love you i love you i love you oh jesus you're wonderful and then the pastor gets up and says okay we're gonna take up a special offering i rebuke you and jesus no it's not all about just expressing with words how much we love him it's It's also putting actions to the word, being doers of the word. Now, James chapter two and verse twenty-six, out of the Good News Translation, I found this one today. So then, James two twenty-six in the Good News Translation. So then, as the body without the spirit is dead, also. Faith without actions is dead. So listen to that again. So then as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without actions is dead. If something is dead, it's not producing. Our faith should not be dead. Our faith should be alive. And active. Our prayers should not be dead, dry rituals. Jesus warned about that. Don't you go and pray all of these rituals that they don't have any life to them. No, A faith without actions is dead. Our faith is alive. Our prayers should be full of life, and when they are fueled by the Word of God and ignited. By the power of the Holy Spirit, they are going to be alive. They are going to produce results. Amen. God is watching over his word. God is the great watchman. We're talking about we need to be watchmen. Watchmen on the wall. Watchmen over our lives, our families, the affairs that are going on in our city, in our neighborhoods, in our nation. Well, did you know that God's watching over something too? The Bible tells us in Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 12 in the Amplify. This is what it says. I'm giving you a lot of scriptures tonight. Write these down. Look at them later. Then saith the Lord unto me, you have seen well, for I am alert and active, watching over my word. To perform it. He's the greatest watchman that ever there was. He's watching. He's looking. He's searching throughout the whole earth for somebody that's speaking his word. Because that's what he will perform on our behalf. He's got his ears open saying, okay, are they speaking the word? Are they giving me an entrance? Do I have license to go down there and to cause my word to come to pass? He's active. He's alert. And he's watching over his word to perform it. God's alive. He's alert. God is not old and senile. He's alert. He's active. Hallelujah. And he's listening to hear his word spoken. Out of the lips of a believer, so he can perform it. Our Father God is not the great pretender, he's the great performer. And he wants to perform and show himself strong on our behalf. Are you willing to let him do that in your life? Say it right now. Say, Lord, Lord, I let you you be be active and alert in my life. I give you something to perform. Thank you that your word is working mightily in me and in the situations I'm believing you for. Thank God for his word. Amen. And then the letter T. This is what came to me about the letter T. Time. If we're going to be a watchman in the realm of the Spirit, it is going to require some time. It can't be a drive-by. It can't be, oh, Lord, bless him. No. Time. A watchman means he's got to punch the clock. He's got to give you eight hours or whatever you're paying him for. He can't just drive by a building and say everything looks good to me and go to the mall. No. It's same in the realm of the Spirit. We need to say, okay, Lord, I'm giving you myself. I'm giving you my time. Did you know that time, our time, is the greatest treasure that we can give him? And that we can give people. This day and age that we live in now, it's kind of sad. You go out to a restaurant and you see a family. We were in one the other day. And everyone at that table had out their phone and was texting or doing something. And they were all laughing. and have, But they weren't laughing together. They were laughing at what they were seeing on their phone. It was really weird. It's sad. You can't have a true conversation with somebody giving them their, your undivided attention if you're doing something else. Right. If I want to talk to Robin, it's rude if I'm like, okay, Robin, I've got to tell you something and the whole time I'm texting away. No, I've got to say, Robin, you know, you're awesome. I love you, Robin. I cherish you. It's wonderful to spend time with you and look into her beautiful blue eyes and tell her that. Time is important. And if we're going to be a watchman in the realm of the Spirit, we have to say, God, I'm available. If you need to wake me up in the middle of the night, if you need me to go here or go there, Lord, I'm available. I'll rearrange my schedule. You know, God is not supposed to fit into our schedule, into some little slot. Okay, Lord, I got... Ten minutes this morning, and that is it. Ten minutes. So, Lord, talk to me, and talk to me quick. Well, God knows our schedules. But God should be a part of our day. Every minute of our day. We can't just be, you know, worshiping Him or in His Word constantly, but our hearts can be in tune. And we can be saying, Lord, You are number one. I give You first place. I give You all of me. I give You my time. There's great benefits to giving the Lord time. There's one, of course, over in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. I want to read that out of the Amplified. I wasn't sure if I was going to go there, but I feel like we should look at that. But those who wait on the Lord, who expect, look for, and hope in Him, shall change and renew their strength and power. They shall lift up their wings and mount up close to God. That's part of time. You, you want to draw close to Him? Then give Him some time. Amen? Mount up close to God as eagles. Mount up to the sun. And this is the benefit of doing it. You get a little tired. You get a little weary. You just spend some time in His presence. What's going to be the result? They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint or become tired. It's easy to get weary in well-doing. It's easy to quit. But that is not the answer. The answer is to maybe stop all of this external activity out here and to draw near to him. Say, okay, I'm going to just cool my jets. I'm going to turn all this, other, this electronic stuff off. And I'm going to just focus. Upon you, I'm gonna come into your presence. And this kind of waiting here is not, it's not a waiting of inactivity. Okay, I'm just gonna lay on the couch and no, it's a waiting of Lord, I'm worshiping you. It's being active in your spirit, but not active out here, active in your heart of pursuing Him and tuning in to what He has to say, focusing on him, hearing his voice, touching his heart. I found this scripture today, and I know I'm giving you a lot, but the word is good, isn't it? Lamentation, chapter 3, verse 25 and 26. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. The next verse says this. It is good that one should hope and wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. How many of you want the Lord to be good to you? You want the goodness of the Lord to show up and to show out in your life. Well, this verse, verse 25, said the Lord is good to him who waits. For him, to the soul who seeks him. The treasures in the kingdom of God, the goodness of God, the blessings of the Lord, they don't just fall on us. They have to be sought after. And this says the Lord's good to those who'll wait upon him, who seek him. Seek! And what's going to happen? You'll find If you'll seek the goodness of the Lord, if you'll say, I'm going to wait in his presence, guess what? Things are going to come to you. Blessings are going to overtake you. Revelation from the word of God that will bring illumination and enlightenment to your situation. That's what happens. The Lord is good to those who wait on him and who seek him, we are talking about time giving the Lord time, and then the letter C, the letter C that came to me. The word is call, a watchman knows how to call upon the name of the Lord. Jeremiah chapter 33, verse 3. We always, as kids, we were always told this is God's phone number, call to me and I will answer and I will show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Call is a simple definition of prayer. And when we call, he said, I will answer. You don't get a voice machine or an answering machine or a busy signal, or after hours that says, I'm sorry, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit are not available, but please leave a message. And you say, well, who's this? Well, it's an angel. I'm taking their calls right now. No. (laughs) Or this is good. You know, the Father, because he said, call unto me, he's, I mean, he's way advanced. More than anything down here on earth, everything that's been invented came from heaven. So he probably does have caller ID on his phone. But when your name pops up, he doesn't say, oh, Holy Ghost, don't answer it. Oh, no, it's them. No. Call unto me and I will. Everybody say, he will. He will will answer us. 24-7. That's good news. Because his ears are open. His ears are open. Did you hear me? That's not just me saying it. First Peter chapter 3, verse 12. Oh, I love it. It says, For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. And his ears are what? Open. His ears are what? Open. They're, they're open to our prayers. Doesn't that sound like call? Unto me, and I will answer. Hallelujah. Have you ever called somebody and they weren't available? Or have you ever actually somebody sat in there and you poured out your heart and you talked to them and it looked like they were listening and then you got done and they said, what did you say? No. This says his eyes are honest. And his ears, I didn't call any names, (laughs) his ears are open. You know, husbands, wives, we can do this all the time. Pastor, a few months ago, we were in the airport, and he asked for this illustration. No, it's not his fault, but we were in the airport, and it was just awful. This guy, you could see he was on his phone, and every, I mean, he was Looked like he was sound asleep. And every once in a while, he'd go, "Mm -hmm." (laughs) mm-hmm. Then a little bit later, okay. Pastor said he's probably talking to his wife. He wasn't paying a bit of attention. But, praise the Lord, his eyes are on us. And his ears... Are open always to our prayers. He said, call unto me. What's he going to do? Answer. I will answer. And the rest of that says, and I will show you. Jeremiah 33, 3, 3 again. Call, I will answer, and. There's an and in there. I will show you something. I'll show you great and mighty things that you don't know. If we'll call on him, he said, I will put on a show for you. I will show you great and mighty things. Another way to say that, that you haven't seen. How many of you believe it? The best is yet to come. We've been calling upon the Lord and He's faithful to answer. My ears are open and my hand is not, my arm is not shortened and I am about to put on a show of the ages. I'm about to show myself strong. I'm about to show myself as the miracle-working God that I am. Great and mighty things happen when we call upon the name of the Lord, when we believe His Word. Hallelujah. So what have we been talking about? We'll summarize this part of it. When we take our place as watchmen, when we speak the word, when we put action to our faith, when we call on Him, this is what we can expect in respect to our nation. Now, this is what we're talking about with our nation. And this is what came to me for the letter H Healing, 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 healing signs and wonders, of course, because he's going to show us great and mighty things. A healing revival like has never been known in this land. There's so much sickness and disease and oppression of the enemy. But when we take our place as watchmen and we do what we know to do, God's going to show himself strong. And there will be a mighty wave of healing. There will be an outpouring of signs and wonders like we've not seen before. There has to be divine, supernatural intervention to get the attention of the world. And healing will always get people. People's attention, people that have been pronounced incurable, they can come and they can meet our Lord and Savior. They can come in contact with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the healer, the deliverer, the restorer. Hallelujah. It was branded in me as a little girl when we watched T.L. Osborne's, and it was T.L. Osborne's movies, old reel-to-reel movies. He grew up in the area where I grew up, and he used to come to our little church. And one of the movies that he showed, it was about going over to this huge crusade in Africa. And all of these people, I mean, some of them were demon-possessed. The witch doctors and all this stuff were getting delivered. But what he did in the beginning of that movie is that he brought... Before he ever preached a gospel message, he said, my God is the true and the living God. And my God heals. Just he announced it. My God heals. How many of you need healing? And all these people, he said, raise up your hand. And then people just started throwing down their crutches. People were getting delivered from demonic spirits. Blind eyes were being opened and he just had them line up. And they just hundreds, hundreds, thousands healed. And then he said, healing is God's dinner bell. And he's been ringing the dinner bell today, saying, I'm the true and the living God. And it got those people's attention. And then he preached a salvation message and all those people that had been healed and all those people that had seen signs and wonders. I mean, it was a sea of people. Thousands of people started confessing, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is my Lord. Hallelujah. Call unto me. I'll show you great and mighty things. I'll show the world that I am the healer and the deliverer. And He will also, when we call in respect to our nation, He will also bring healing to our land. Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and We're watchmen. We're praying and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin and heal their land. Does our land need some healing? Yes and amen. Does our land need an awakening? Yes and amen. Is God through with America? No. Has He changed His mind about the destiny of our nation? No. But how does this turnaround happen? How does this healing in our land occur? It is conditional. If my people, not the unsaved, not the politicians, if my people will humble themselves and pray and acknowledge we need him. Will you acknowledge that with me? Do we need him? Lord, we need you. Oh, God, we need you to show yourself strong in our nation. Father, there needs to be. An awakening in our land. If we'll do our part, He will do His part. And He will show Himself strong. And we will once again see goodness in the land of the living. The other week when we were praying on a Wednesday, it was so strong in my heart. Psalms 27, 13, and in the New King James, it said, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Psalms 27, 13, I would have fainted, the psalmist David said, I would have lost heart. Unless I had believed I was going to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. In the NIV it says this in that verse. NIV. I remain confident in this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Can you say with me I am confident? I will, see I will see the goodness of the Lord, the of the Lord. In, the in the land of the living. Of the, living. And the thing that stood out to me, the land of the living, we are not the walking dead. You and I are not dead. We're not dead physically, but we are not dead spiritually. We are alive unto God. We are living, written epistles, read and written of men. Hallelujah. Living epistles, alive unto our God. And our God is alive. We just read some verses about that. Our God is alive. We serve a risen Savior. And this is our land. And in this land, Jesus is Lord. The land of the living. There are more people in our country that are alive unto God, living unto Him, than are dead. Spiritually, I don't care what the media paints or displays, more are they that are in the camp of the Lord. This is the land of the living. Hallelujah. And our God is going to show himself strong. And we're going to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Because we serve the God that is alive. And we're taking our post. But I love how that said that in the NIV. I remain confident. Are you confident? Are you settled? Are you established in the fact that God's healing our land and there is a spiritual awakening occurring? Amen? Amen. Well, I rest my case. Let's all stand. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you for your word.